welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. College. <laughs> yeah, and I did too. So uh, that was a stupid lesson. Another, another fire. I was thinking about this. I was like, man, that's right. I nearly killed our whole family. Um, I was young. We, we didn't have... My mother did not, uh, was not at home when I was growing up. And so, you know, I just had my brother and, and my, my father and I. And uh, so one day I thought, oh, you know, I'd like to cook some chips what we call chips, you call them French fries, we call them chips, and, uh, and I had always seen, you know, when you put the potato in the chips, like it would boil, you know, the oil would boil, so I thought you had to get the oil to boil first, and so I just cranked up the heat on the stove, and it got hotter and hotter and hotter, steams, you know, smoke's coming out, and it's still, I'm cranking it up even higher, I'm like, I'm going to get this thing to boil, and their dad came home screaming, he's what are you trying to do, kill us all? I was like, oh, maybe. So, <laughs> I just wanted chips, that's all. I'm a simple kid. <laughs> anyway, this week I'm going to be looking at a story in the Bible uh, where we see a, a, a just an incredible miracle involving fire. But before we get into that, I want to read to you from uh, Mark chapter 16, uh, just a great passage to frame what we're going to talk about today. The Bible says this, And these signs will accompany no, those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. I want us to think about today, when does God do miracles? When? Because I think sometimes we have this feeling that God just does miracles just whenever he wants, and it has nothing to do with us. But this verse very clearly tells us that these signs will accompany those that's meaning you and me, the signs will accompany you and me as we go and navigate the life that God has set before us. Wherever we go as a Christ follower, God is accompanying us to do miracles. That's what this word says. Uh, In the physical places you are. Now think about those physical places that you go, every single one of you, you, you're here today, but then you will go, go to different places. And during this week, every single one of you will be in a different physical geographical location where nobody else will be, except for those of you who work with your spouses. We'll pray for you. (laughs) But we're in different places and we need to be open to God doing what He wants to do. He wants to use us and accompany us. Where we go. So that's what we're going to see today. Among other things, when we look at the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 8. And, and I've cut out a few verses, so I'm going to skip a few verses because I want to read a large chunk of scripture this morning. And uh, so we're going to read a, a fair bit of 1 Kings 18 to just really set the scene for us today. Later on in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, Go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. When Ahab saw him, he exclaimed, So, is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel? I've made no trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. You and your family are troublemakers. For you have refused to obey the commands of the Lord and worshipped the images of Baal instead. Now summon all Israel to join me at Mount Carmel along with the 400 prophets, 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who are supported by Jezebel. 
Then Elijah stood in front of them and he said, How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left. But Baal has 450 prophets. Now bring two bulls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish and cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood of their altar, but without setting fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and the altar, but not set fire to it. Then call on the name of your God and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God. And all the people agreed. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, you go first, for there are many of you. So they prepared one of the bulls and they placed it on the altar. And then they called on the name of Baal from morning until noontime, shouting, O Baal, answer us. But there was no reply of any kind. About noontime, Elijah began mocking them. You'll have to shout a little louder, he said, for surely he is a god. Perhaps he is daydreaming or relieving himself. (laughs) Yes, it's in the Bible. (laughs) Or maybe he is away on a trip. Or maybe he's asleep and he needs to be awakened. They raved all afternoon until the time of the evening sacrifice But there was no sound, no reply, no response. And then Elijah called to the people and he said, come over here, come closer. And he piled wood on the altar and he cut the bull into pieces. He laid the pieces on the wood and then he said, fill four large jars with water. Pour the water over the offering and the wood. And after they had done this, he said, do the same thing again. And when they were finished, he said, now do it a third time. So they did it and he said, the water ran around the altar. And it filled the trench and Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and he prayed, Oh Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, prove today that you are the God in Israel and that I am your servant. Oh Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O oh Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and they cried out, The Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. This story happened in a geographical place. That's why where you are is important geographically. Where you are each week, physically. Some of you travel for work. You go to different places. This is just where you, know, you, you live and sometimes you have to travel. When you are in other places, God is with you. He has you there for a reason. So this place was a place where there was no natural water supply. The only water supply to irrigate their crops, to do anything, was from rain or fog. That's it. They had no other option. And King Ahab had basically forced the people, including the children of Israel, to worship the gods of Baal. Some of the children of Israel had put their trust in these gods because it was easy. So God needed to get Ahab's attention. And he chose at this point in time to use a miracle to do it. Have you noticed that God, sometimes when he wants to get our attention, he just can do it through just a breath? A slight, just gentle. And other times, he just needs to smack you around the head. Uh, 
I was, I, a few weeks ago, I was meeting with the CEO of an organization that I'm on the board of, and I, I help out with a few organizations. Uh, I do strategic marketing planning for them from you know, my previous careers before I became a pastor. And so I still have my hands in some of those things. And I was meeting with this CEO of this organization, and he said, Anthony, he said, you, you're like a velvet-covered brick. I was like, uh, is, that, is that like a good thing? <laughs> he, said, he said, you just tell it like it is, but we know that you love us when you're telling us. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get number plates with that. <laughs> License plate, velvet covered brick. Uh, I think sometimes God needs to smack us across the head with a velvet covered brick uh, just to get our attention. And if you're ever wondering, that's why I'm in your life. <laughs> God sent me to smack you across the head. It's not my fault. Don't blame me. <laughs> you know the person who, want, who can get my attention the easiest? <laughs> my wife. She's just a brick. <laughs> no velvet. <laughs> just a brick. That's why some of our young men think a little too highly of themselves because they don't have a wife to remind them yet. And all the married ladies said, there we go. <laughs> That was a little too easy. <laughs> so Elijah could see that God was trying to get Ahab's attention. And so far, he'd been using the gently, gently approach with Ahab. That's what God had been doing. It's been three years. There's no rain. There's no food. People are hungry. They're ticked off. They're frustrated. Ahab could not see in any way that it was his idolatry that was the cause of the problem. Couldn't see it. He was blind to it. Isn't it funny that when we have long stretches of bad luck in our life, we blame God? I can't believe that you're doing this to me. can't believe that I'm here. We never, ever take the time, or very rarely do we take the time to go, I wonder if it's me. I wonder if I'm in the wrong place or doing the wrong thing or making the wrong decisions. I think also, we have to be put in a situation where we're forced to make a decision. This is what God was doing to Ahab through Elijah, putting him in a place where he was forced to make a decision. But, uh, people today spend so much time trying to be neutral. Neutral. Oh, we don't stand for anything. Oh, no, we just love everybody, and we just, we, we're just neutral on everything. And we end up standing for nothing because we're so busy trying to be just people appeasers. See, God wants us to make a choice. And sometimes he uses getting our attention to force us to make a choice. God forced Elijah into the situation where he had to say to Ahab, enough, enough is enough. And Elijah says to the people, how long will you go on trying to hop between two different opinions? How will you try to hop first on one leg and then on the other? He paints the picture of us today. Living a two-legged life. So we're trying to keep one world, one, one, one foot, one hop in church on the weekend. Love Jesus. Oh yeah, amen. Monday. Oh, words coming out of my mouth that I never use on Sunday. That's what he's saying here. How long are you going to keep doing this for? What happens? What happens when you try to walk two different paths at the same time? You struggle. You don't do well. You limp. You stagger. 
And in the end, you basically fall on your face. That's what will happen. If you, if you try to follow both the Lord and you try and follow the gods of this world, you will fall on your face. It's not going to work. It will be a disaster. We have to decide. When God gets our attention, he forces us to decide. How long? Uh, This means something different for each of you. I understand that and I know that. But for some of you, there's a challenge in this today. How long will you go on saying things during the week that are different than what you would say on a Sunday? How long will you love the integrity of this church and love your position of integrity in the church, but on, on Monday, your integrity goes out the window because you can make more money without it? How many times will you tell lies that are kind of white lies, but you needed to do it, and you justify it, and you come up with reasons for doing it? And then you think, ah, oh, but you know, but God's okay with me doing that, because you know, if I told them the truth, then you know, I might lose my job, or something bad would happen. How long will we talk about the love of God in church, and, and sing songs about how much God loves us, and then hate the people we work with, and hate our neighbours? We're called to love our neighbours, love those that God has put in our hearts and in our lives. See, one day God is going to get our attention. He's going to do a miracle. God will do a miracle. Which side of the miracle do you want to be on? Do you want to be on the Elijah side of the miracle? Do you want to be on that side where you have confidence, total confidence that God's going to prove himself? Or do you want to be on the other side of the miracle where God's going to smack you around the head with a brick? Which side do you want to be on? What's interesting here, uh, the people, they actually liked worshipping the gods of Baal. They, they enjoyed it because, you know, they had freedom. They could, have, they could pretty much sleep with anybody they wanted to. There was no restrictions in that area. They could do whatever they want. Their morals were loose. Uh, there was no, you can't do this, you can't do that. It was pretty much, you can do anything. Uh, it was popular. It was a popular thing to do. Everybody was doing it. Does it sound familiar to the society we live in today? It's no different. Things have not changed. They had to make a choice then. We have to make a choice today. Choose this day. These uh, bar worshippers had gotten into the habit of just doing whatever they wanted. You know what I've noticed? I've noticed that some people would rather stick in a bad habit that's in their life than choose to be obedient to Jesus just because it looked too risky. I think that's sad. I think that's sad. Um... You know, I heard a story once about a man who was standing on a street corner uh, with a great big fan in his hand, and he was just waving the fan. And somebody came up to him and said, uh, could you tell me why you're waving the fan? This is in downtown Minneapolis. He says, well, I'm keeping all the elephants away. <laughs> the guy says to him, you, you know that this is downtown Minneapolis, right? He goes, yeah, see what a good job I'm doing? We get into habits that we just think make sense to us, and yet they're stupid. That's a biblical word. I haven't found the Greek equivalent yet. See, don't keep limping along bad habits. Take a leap. Be all in for Jesus. Be all in for Jesus. God wants to do miracles in your life. He does. It's, it's his desire. He wants, he wants to do miracles in your life. Not for people to think how awesome you are, 
but to show people how awesome he is. To give people a glimpse of how incredible their heavenly father really is. That's why he wants to do it. But we need to have confidence and we need to be closer to God. Because when we're closer to God, the miracles can accompany us. I'm sure God wants us to call down fire more often than we do. But we have to have the confidence to actually do it. Elijah said to the people, he said, come closer. I love this line. He says, come closer. Come closer. How often do we stand further away from where God wants us to go because we're a little scared of what's going to happen when we get there? And we just kind of look and we're like, man, I don't know if I want to go closer. That looks kind of scary to me. But that's when you're all in. How do you think Elijah felt when he, after he's made the challenge, he says, get your 450 prophets, get them all there. Now get the altar. You don't think he was sitting there a little bit going, okay, so this works. I think he just had an incredible confidence. I think he had a confidence that came from his relationship with God. That's where it came from. He knew that his God would come through for him. See, what did, what, what did the people see? When the fire came down, interesting, the fire, I wish I had more time to go into this. But the fire didn't just consume the offering. It consumed the offering. It consumed the altar. It consumed the water. It consumed absolutely everything. There was nothing left. There was no way anybody could see that that was not a miracle from God. When God does a miracle, he does big-time miracles. He does them so they're really miracles. That's what God does. But you know what? People saw the living power of the living God. When that miracle took place, they felt the energy of his presence. They felt God's grace. Do you know what came after the consumption of the, of the altar? Rain. What they needed came. God didn't just show off with a miracle and go, bang, look at me, I'm awesome. He said, no, I'm showing you my compassion that all you needed to do was trust me all along. If you had just trusted me, I would have brought the rain. He made it very, very clear. He wants to do that in our life. Elijah showed us something, and this is so important. Elijah showed us that God responds to courageous faith that is focused towards God's glory. When your courageous faith is focused towards what God can do so that God can get a great testimony out of it, then God will reward that. God will reward it. And it took courage for Elijah to do what he did. It took faith. God just wanted them to know that he would take care of them, that they didn't need these false gods and they really were false. They weren't going to come through for the people. The only way that you can have faith, the only way that you can come closer, come closer, is to lean into God's word. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've got to get the word of God into you to come closer, to lean in, so that when those times in life come, when you are presented with those circumstances, you've got something to rely on. You've got something. You're standing there. Come closer. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's go, God. I hope you're more excited than you're giving me responses this morning. Can I tell you, when you read your soap every day, when you read your Bible every day, you're giving God an opportunity to do a miracle in your life that day. Do you understand that? Do you understand what you are doing when the word of God gets in you? It's not words on a page. It's the living two-edged sword of Jesus Christ. 
we need to understand that when we take the word of God and we don't get it into our hearts, it doesn't penetrate. It doesn't do anything. It's no good in a book on your bookshelf. It's got to be written on your heart. When it's written on your heart, it takes you from a long way away to closer. It takes you closer to God doing miracles because your faith is increased. Elijah had great faith. Why? Because he knew God. He knew God. Can I encourage you when you're being tempted in life, come closer to God. When bad things happen, come closer. When you lose a loved one and the pain is there, come closer. When you lose your job, come closer. When somebody hurts you, come closer. Come closer. Philippians 4.19 says this, My God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God will supply your needs. He is never, ever in heaven wondering what your needs are. He knows what they are. He knows what they are. And he's going to supply them according to his riches in glory. And guess what? Every now and then, he'll use a miracle to do it. It'll increase your faith and it'll show other people that God is real and Jesus loves them. If Jesus is your saviour, I want you to get this this morning. If Jesus is your saviour and you've made a decision for him to be the saviour of your life, the securer of your eternity, can I encourage you to go one step further today? Start making him Lord of your life. Don't just use him for the fire insurance part. The getting into heaven part. Use him as Lord. You are Lord of my life every day. And you are not just my Savior. The Savior is just the beginning. Lord is what comes next. Lord is what takes us from not hopping one to the other. When Jesus is our Lord, let him become that today. Are you willing to believe that God can do miracles in your life. They are still real. They still happen today. I wish I could go through the ones that I've seen. Time does not allow me to do that. But I know they are real. I know they are real. A miracle is something where people say, wow, that's unbelievable. And you go, absolutely. And that's what I've been asking God for. That's a miracle. Gives you an opportunity to share Jesus with somebody. Gives you an opportunity to show people how good God has been in your life. Hebrews 4.16 says this, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, so that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in the time of need. Listen, stop beating yourself up. Stop beating yourself up and saying that you're not good enough for miracles to happen in your life because you've messed up too many times. Oh, pastor, if only you knew. It doesn't matter. Even if I did, it wouldn't change my thoughts on it because I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm only worthy because I'm cleansed through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's it. His sacrifice. All have sinned and fallen short. God just, look, he's sick of us telling him what we can and can't do. He just wants us to be obedient. 
He wants us to be obedient because he wants to do miracles. Why? Because hell is real and God does not want people to spend eternity there. That's why. He does not want people to spend eternity there. He wants them to spend eternity with him in relationship with their creator, their heavenly father. And he's going to give them miracles. Why? As a foretaste of what's to come. Just a little taste. Just a little taste of what's to come. And he needs us to walk alongside those miracles. These signs shall accompany those who believe. God wants miracles to accompany your life. Some of you have discounted. You've never even prayed for one. Change today. Look, look, don't make a veering turn after this message and go and analyze it afterwards. Oh, I've got to pray on that for a few days. No, you don't. You don't need to pray at all. You just need to make a decision. 90 degrees, right angle. Do you believe what the Bible says or not? Because if we believe it, we've got to stand on it. That's what, that's what Elijah did. He went, okay, standing on the promises. And it came through. Let us come boldly to accept God's grace and mercy. Oh, the grace, you know, his grace that just gives us gifts that we don't deserve. You know, the mercy that withholds the punishment that we do deserve. And God says he gives both of us, both of those things, every day. Every day. Why do we choose to reject it? God's a loving God. He loves you. He wants to do so much more in your life. I promise you. He does. He does. Uh, Man, I don't know what it looks like to live 100% for God. I wish I did because I mess up too. But I want to get closer and closer and closer. I I do. And I want to encourage you too. Make decisions every single day to get closer. Come closer. Come closer. You don't have to be a perfect Christian. You just need to have to give your life to Jesus Christ. Be an available Christian. Instead of just being a perfect one, just think about being an available one. Say, God, I'm available. I'm available. Would you close your eyes with me this morning? Bow your heads across this place. I wanted to have no, nobody looking around for this just to be a, a safe, private time right now. Because this message has spoken to a lot of you this morning. I believe that God has stirred in you something, a challenge in different areas. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. If that's you this morning and some part of this message has challenged you, while nobody is looking around, nobody, a private moment, would you raise your hand and I want to pray for you this morning. Hands up going across all this place. This message, just one, even if it was one line, has just spoken to you this morning. Father, you see the hands raised all across this place this morning. And I pray, Lord, that your conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit would allow each of us, Lord, to see what areas you want us to change. What areas do you want us to do things differently? And then, God, be encouraged through your Holy Spirit to be able to turn around, make better decisions. God, be able to stand on your word, every promise. God, to really believe for miracles and stop looking at ourselves as not being worthy, but rather look at how worthy you are. 
and how you want to work through us. I pray, Lord, for every person this morning with their hand raised. Touch them, Lord. Give them a fresh anointing. Give them just a fresh peace in their heart and in their life right now. Speak into their spirit. Minister to them. Allow them just to feel your presence, Lord. Allow them to feel the comfort that comes from your presence. Allow them, Lord, just to feel something that they haven't felt for a long time. And Lord, the ability to leave this place today and believe for you to do miracles through the fire that comes from your power. In Jesus' name. While every head is still bowed, every eye is closed. The greatest miracle that can happen in your life is to give your life to Jesus Christ. To accept him as your Lord and Savior. And I do not want to leave this place today without giving people an opportunity to give their lives to Jesus. If you want to give your life to Jesus, I want you to raise your hand right now. Right now. I see a hand. I see another hand. I see another hand in the middle. I see a hand at the back. I see a hand on the side. I see another hand over here. I see hands. If you want to give your life to Jesus, I see your hand at the back there. You say, I, I, I just, I, I want to accept the greatest miracle. I see your hand. I see another hand. You say, I want... I want Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. I want him to be both today. I don't want him just to be one or the other. I want him to be both. If that's you, lift your hand this morning. Lift your hand this morning. Nobody's looking around. God is looking. I see your hand. I'm glad we waited. I see your hand. I want every single one of you, while your heads are still bowed, eyes closed, every single person who raised their hand and the rest of us this morning to pray this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, Come on, church, everybody. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for the things I have done wrong. I repent of my sin. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Please come into my life today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And let me live for you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, would you stand and let's give a hand to those people that have given their lives to heaven, to Jesus Christ this morning. Now what? Do we have a number? How many people? 